Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I am, of course, Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Monday morning, at least as I record this, it is Monday morning, and I appreciate you guys uh, hanging out and being a part. It is Auburn week. You guys know that, I'm sure, already. Ole Miss, Auburn, Jordan-Hare Stadium, 6 o'clock. And Ole Miss, by the way, a six-point favorite. You'll hear in a little bit somebody uh, bring up a a line, and uh, I I questioned it, and I was wrong. It is five-and-a-half some places, six. I thought it was a little bit bigger than that. But either way, Ole Miss a six-point favorite on the Plains. Auburn coming off of a dominating loss uh, at the hands of LSU. It is going to be a very interesting week. I've... Uh, Frankly, we've been talking about this week in some capacity every so often since the schedule came out, really. But yeah, the story, Hugh Freeze, Auburn, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, all that stuff, all the storylines are are going to be abundant, and there's going to be a lot of rehashing. And uh, I'm going to try my hardest to uh, avoid doing a lot of that this week. Frankly, guys, I I mean, how often have you heard somebody talk about Lane Kiffin and Auburn and Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss and the past I mean, how many times have you heard that conversation? Uh, a lot, I assume. And so I don't I don't think it's worth your time to spend a lot of time rehashing that stuff. Now, the storylines are uh, impossible to ignore. So I'm not going to ignore all that. But going back and doing the Kiffin timeline with Auburn and, and here's why Hugh Freeze got fired. Well, resigned, but you guys know the drill. Uh, I don't know if that's worth your time this week. So I will try to avoid it and mostly focus on this game on on this game as opposed to what happened in 2017, uh, if that makes sense. So I, I'm going to try my best to give you some uh, original content this week that is not uh, just that. So I'm looking forward to it, though. Interesting as hell football game. Uh, I know, or at least I think I know, that a good bit of Ole Miss people are making uh, the, the trip there uh, to Auburn. I, it's you know it's going to be in great environment because Auburn fans can create a, a great environment, but I do wonder if the LSU drubbing is going to kind of... Um, Maybe not, but I do wonder if some Auburn fans are not going to be as jacked up for this one considering how bad uh, they got beat on Saturday night. I don't know, but I do know uh, anecdotally that there are a good bit of Ole Miss fans making the trip, so uh, enjoy yourself out there and be safe and all that. But in the meantime, we will talk about that game and everything else coming up in college football this weekend. Uh, A pretty impressive slate of games. Honestly, you get Ohio State, Penn State. If you're not going to the Plains, it's a great day of watching football. You start your day with Penn State at Ohio State. That's going to be a spectacular football game. At least I think it will. Then Alabama-Tennessee at 2.30, leading you right into uh, your game uh, on, again, on ESPN 6 o'clock at uh, at Auburn. So pretty awesome weekend of football watching upcoming. And uh, again, I appreciate you guys hanging out. Please follow me on social media. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borg, B-O-R-K-E-Y is the last name, that's how you spell it, and if you're listening to this on the website in browser, uh, don't do that. Hop on over to your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. 
so we, we did a live chat last night, talked uh, a lot of uh, just what happened over the weekend, a lot of Auburn conversation because, of course, there is. And uh, I will bring that to you uh, here in a second. I want to remind you, though, that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you are in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, uh, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your business, your Mississippi business needs it, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority like they've made me their priority. As I tell you guys all the time, I actually enjoy uh, going to the bank, which is not something that I was able to say in the past, but they uh, I really do feel like a priority there. They remember me. Uh, the, the tellers there remember me, my name, and, and even my son's name. And uh, It's a great banking experience, and, and you guys should check them out because you will have the same. They also have local loan servicing and decision-making, so it's somebody that you'll get to sit down with face-to-face as opposed to hopping on Zoom or getting on a phone call from somebody based in Louisville, Kentucky, as I used to have to do when I was uh, going through the process of getting a mortgage. Uh, so local in your backyard, Priority One Bank makes you their priority. So here it is. This is uh, this is the Sunday live chat. Again, a lot of uh, Ole Miss Auburn, um, other stuff as well mixed in, and uh, Arkansas, Alabama, for example, how important this game is for state. All kinds of stuff coming your way. So we, uh, we'll talk about that now, and then uh, we'll continue on this week to, to preview a very important game for Ole Miss. I, I can't call this a big game, or maybe I can I think it's more important than it is big for Ole Miss uh, when you take the emotion of the Hugh Freeze angle out of it. Uh, it's a 3-3 three and three Auburn team, non-competitive with LSU on Saturday, but it's an important game uh, to set up the season for, I mean, Ole Miss is going to be favored to win 10 games this season. Very important game if they can get past this one. So let's talk about it. Here the live chat is right now. Appreciate you guys hanging out, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. 25 minutes or so, let's talk college football. We didn't have any games around here this weekend. It was a very quiet weekend around here. Uh, Nice and quiet, actually. It was going to have... um, Yeah, it was nice to to not have to deal with what we're going to have to deal with next weekend. Because as Gary brings up, what are Ole Miss's chances against Auburn? This is the week of the year that we've been talking about and pointing to for, for a very long time. So we had a nice, peaceful weekend. We did learn some things. We learned some things about Arkansas. At least I think we did. And uh, we learned some things about Auburn, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State's next two opponents. We also learned that USC was a fraud. I called that one. Uh, I spent uh, all week on the radio show talking about how I loved, absolutely loved the Irish. And uh, I nailed it. And uh, that doesn't happen very often. So uh, pat myself on the back here because I actually got something, uh, something right. So we learned that. We learned that, at least I think, we learned that both Oregon and Washington are legit. We also had an elimination game in the ACC. So uh, I don't know if I told you guys this or not, but the ACC going into the weekend had three undefeated teams, none of which would play each other if they finished the season undefeated, right? Well, of course. None of which have each other on the schedule. There are three teams in the ACC, and if they all would have gone undefeated, they would have played each other. They wouldn't have eliminated each other. And so two of three undefeated teams would have played in the ACC championship game. 
that uh, that fun little theory uh, ended. It's not a theory. It was reality. That fun little reality ended when Louisville got beat by 17 points at 1-4 Pittsburgh. Or, yeah, 1-4 Pittsburgh. So uh, an interesting weekend. Uh, a lot to discuss, I'm sure. Arkansas really fought with Alabama. Uh, Auburn cannot score on LSU's bad defense and a uh, a whole lot more. So we'll just uh, we'll read chat. We'll talk some football, and then I'll get out of here in uh, in about twenty five to thirty minutes or so. So here we go. Don't worry, the Titans are a mess too. I, I mean, the thing is, Derek Carr threw for over three hundred yards today. Threw for over three hundred yards today, and um, <laughs> red zone offense was pathetic. Their last four drives ended on the 27-yard line or better, and they resulted in three points, those four drives. The 27-yard line or better of the Texans, three points. Uh, it's an embarrassment, and, and you can't continue on uh, as they are with um, with people. With Pete Carmichael calling the place, you can't do it. I mean, it's it's been an embarrassment really for year and a half now, and uh, one decent game against the Patriots, who are probably the second worst team in the NFL, if not the worst team in the NFL, does not excuse um, or does not give you uh, any any additional rope. So, and you can't go on like this anymore. It's been two years. You know what you have, and it's good. And yeah, yeah, that's funny. Who dat laughing emojis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are Ole Miss's chances against Auburn? Um, they should be very good. I, I've seen a lot of um I don't know if it's scar tissue or, or whatever it is that are impacting Ole Miss fans around here when it comes to this Auburn team in this game. I know what the history is. I know that Ole Miss struggles uh at Jordan Hare. I I I'm fully aware that that is not a place they, they have uh, won in the past. I, and I'm fully aware that it's a, a difficult place to play. And I know Auburn defensively has some pretty good uh, pieces there, and, and they're okay, especially up front and, and all that. But, um, man, <laughs> there are people building up Hugh Freeze's coaching ability to levels that he has himself not reached. He's a good football coach. Don't get me wrong. Look, you, you don't take Ole Miss to a Sugar Bowl and, and win that Sugar Bowl if you can't coach. I mean, it, he clearly can do that. But there are people that are building him up on, on top of this pedestal that, that simply doesn't exist. And, and he has not proven to this point uh, that that pedestal does exist. They are a disaster, a an abject disaster at quarterback. And he still has no idea what he's doing there. Can't figure it out yet. Um, I, I, look, I know... I know all the history stuff, and, and and I get it. But there is no reason that Ole Miss should lose this game. And, and you guys know me. I'm not big on on history. I, like, what happened in 2016 or whatever just does not apply or matter today. And as I told you guys last week, at least I think I told you on here, I know we talked about it on the radio show some. Th- there's going to be narratives and talking points and stuff around this game because it's Hugh Freeze and and he's playing Ole Miss and Auburn. Kiffin was their first choice and they didn't get him. And so they they all that stuff is going to be talked about. But there's not a single player on the Ole Miss team that was coached by Hugh Freeze. That was a long time ago now when you think about it, a, a really long time ago. And so so the the players can't and shouldn't be wrapped up in that. The only way 
that this gets weird as if Lane Kiffin lets it get weird, as if he starts treating it like the Alabama game and and you know making taking pot shots and doing um, out of the ordinary stuff. But when you look at these two football teams and the 2023 version of these two football teams, it, it could be close, right? Uh, Vegas has it as like a seven point line. Okay, um, again on the road. Watkins is now out for Ole Miss, at least for a period of time. Auburn can play pretty good defense at times, so so I get all that. But as long as Ole Miss does not shoot itself in the foot, both mentally and, and actually on the field, they should win this game. This isn't even a typical Auburn team. and I know they've kind of been up and down as well, but again, disaster at quarterback. They are a disaster offensively. They could not move the football at all with any consistency whatsoever uh, against this LSU defense that gave up a billion points and yards to Ole Miss and then followed up, followed that up with giving up a billion points and yards to Missouri. This is not a game where on paper, if and I know they're not played on paper, but on paper, Ole Miss is a better roster, they have a better quarterback, and I would argue they have a better coach than, than Auburn. So as long as Lane Kiffin doesn't let this get weird, Ole Miss will be fine. And I, I, there's scar tissue and all that. I understand. Trust me, I get it. But but I don't think history matters. I mean, how many players on Ole Miss's defense have played in Jordan-Hare before? I mean, I mean there, there's just not – it's not the same anymore. And, and the emotional stuff is not – should not impact the players on the field. So – and this idea that, oh, Hugh is going to have some things up his sleeve this week. Like, okay, so he's been – Losing all three of his conference games this year, saving things that would work just for Ole Miss? Is that is that really what we're going with? Like, he intentionally held back in a close game against Georgia. And to his credit, they played a close game against Georgia. But he intentionally held back their ability for Ole Miss. They were playing LSU and and he intentionally held back for Ole No, that 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 doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, yes, I get. Oh, he's going to want to win this game. I I understand it. I truly do. I, I get it all. But um, a coach is only as as good as his roster can be, and there's limitations there. And again, I think people are putting him up on a pedestal that that simply just does not um, does not exist. Uh, in reality, he's he, he's good, um, but he's not a god, pun intended. LSU did their job, I guess. Yeah, I mean it was it was kind of a work, workmanlike domination uh, in that game. LSU decided uh, to just to kind of line up and run the football right at Auburn, and they they really didn't. Uh, you know, LSU didn't seem to have like a sense of urgency, and what I mean by that is like they, they didn't hurry. They they kind of uh, their possessions. They kind of just, you know, moved the football down the field, got the calls in, didn't really um, didn't really speed the game up. They just kind of lined up and ran the football and lined up and threw the football and, and just um, could have beaten Auburn really in any way that they wanted to uh, there for a while. That was a workmanlike dominating win uh, for uh, for LSU for uh, for sure. After watching Auburn, you expected Ole Miss to open as 10-point favorites. Yeah, it's uh, – so I saw Williams giving us different numbers. Williams says Ole Miss five and a half and State plus seven. I saw seven 
and uh, eleven, seven and nine, right? Isn't that what I saw earlier? I think it, I think it was nine. Either way, but yeah, Ole Miss is a touchdown-ish favorite, and uh, Mississippi State is a touchdown plus underdog. Both of those things, uh, both of those things add up. USC got exposed like we were all waiting for. Yeah, they did. Uh, I mean, that was coming, and you're exactly right. Everybody knew that was coming. That was, a, that was a fraudulent team. Uh, Caleb Williams is great. They've got offensive weapons. But, man, I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks, right? That this USC team uh, is just a, a copy-and-pasted version of Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma teams. I mean, it, it, they are so strikingly similar. Really high-level quarterback play, great offense, can't stop anybody. And uh, that came back to bite them. I mean, they're on the road, and, and Hartman – Struggled early, but ended up playing well, and uh, they they ran up against a, a really high level defense that was prepared. And Williams made a couple of mistakes, and they couldn't overcome it. Um, that was never a team that was going to win the Pac-12. Your, your fear, though, if you're like a Washington fan, is uh, or or just a I I don't know if there's any Pac-12 fans left, but the the Pac-12 could cannibalize itself though because the existence of Caleb Williams, they certainly can you know, slip up and beat somebody and eliminate the entire conference from the playoff, which frankly I would think is a shame because somebody in the Pac-12 um, I think is is good enough to to make the playoff. I, I saw uh, greatness from Oregon and Washington uh, aside from the head cra- head scratching decisions from, uh, from Dan Landing. So um, I liked what I saw out of both of them, frankly. And I think they're both two of the top 10 teams in, in all of, of college football. And I think they both belong there still after that game. And, um, I mean, if Oregon wins out, they would have an argument for the playoff, I think. And yeah, State really needs this game. Uh, enough people have, have asked, you know, me, and I've seen the conversation of, you know, what does State do if this really goes off the rails? What do they do if they lose to Arkansas and, and A&M and Ole Miss? And uh, what, what happens if they lose all these games down the stretch and finish like a four and eight? You, you know, what happens? They've still got Kentucky on the schedule, uh, which – should benefit them. Um, frankly, my answer is uh, they need to beat Arkansas. <laughs> they need to beat Arkansas and Kentucky. They, they, they need to find wins in here because I, I don't think that there is a right answer uh, to the question of what do you do if it's for NA. Uh, I, I know people kind of oversimplify the, well, it's an SEC job. You can get somebody. Is that really your goal in a coaching search? Just get somebody? Um, going two and fired, Mike Leach, one and fired. I, I don't know if, if I want that to be the, uh, the image of my program out there, uh, in, in coaching circle circles. I think that that could, uh, reduce your candidate pool uh, more than it would deserve because you've got a guy that, you know, is likely having success somewhere else. And and he looks at again two and fired Mike Leach one and fired. I know it's a unique circumstance, but still that's what it is. They made him the permanent head coach. This is not an interim situation, and um, doing that would um, I think that would send a, a a message that you don't want out there. But at the same time, if you if that's what they roll out and that's what they become. I mean, how are you going to sell a single season ticket next year? You know, how, how are you going to get people to buy in? How are you going to get recruits to buy in? How are you going to get people to donate to the collective where you can try to be competitive when you lose a lot of this roster? Um, 
because they're out of eligibility and, and try to be active in the portal as well as, as close better than you've started in recruiting. And um, I, I don't envy Zach Selman's position right now. Uh, they, they just, they need to win games. That that's, that's the best answer is what do they do? You, you hope that that doesn't happen. And you've already seen precedent from Selman about being patient, albeit though uh, with a, with a different sport, but very, uh, very tough spot. Uh, Mississippi State is in right now, and uh, again, they just need wins. They just need to win games, and Arkansas still being in the fight is something that you know I, I was looking for this weekend. Uh, have they quit yet? Are they um, are they done after losing that many games in a row? And clearly, that answer is no. Uh, that they are not, and they will look at Mississippi State this weekend as a game that they expect to win, and so. You've got a fully engaged, at least that's what it looked like uh, yesterday, a fully engaged Arkansas team. You don't care really what happened, still concerned, and the line was about what you thought. Dan Lanning, fourth down, makes Kiffin look like Bill Belichick. Man, so here's the thing about that. So people, um, this kind of happens every year, where, where college coaches like step all over their two feet in close games. Like They don't know how to handle and manage close games. And Dennis Allen aside, um, it's a dramatic difference in the NFL with both quarterback and coach on how the last two minutes of a close game, both you know before the half and at the end of a game, are handled is uh, is very different. Part of that is the players are adults; they uh, you know they played a lot more football. You've got veteran quarterbacks and, and things like that. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that college football coaches don't play and coach in close games very often. So let's see. Um, Oregon this year has not played in a uh, in a close game. That was their first close game that they played in uh, this year. They've been largely dominant in, in all of them. Last year, Oregon played in one. Let's see, one, two. The only four times last year, four times, and they lost two of them, did Oregon play in a one-score game. So Dan Lanning going into this year has only coached in four one-score games ever. And part of me wonders if that's kind of the issue with college coaches and why they uh, more often seem to not know how to handle late-game, close-game situations because they're not in it very often. It's totally different when you're beating people 42 to 17 every Saturday, and then you get that one time where uh, where you've got a close game and and you kind of step all over your own two feet. You you don't manage it well. That was Oregon's um, first close game this year, and I I just I wonder if if Dan Lanning doesn't have the practice. I don't know. Is Jimbo done? Yeah, probably. I mean, they, they've got to find some uh, some wins somewhere, right, uh, to keep his job alive. I, I think the buyout is more um, prohibitive than than some people do. I think they're they're going to find the money. I expect them to. I saw Bruce Feldman reported a few weeks ago on game day that uh, you know if it does go south, that they are confident that they will be able to find the money. Uh, which, by the way, Texas A and M soon to be uh, paying somebody $70 million to not coach their team anymore, and you're telling me that the player's getting 
in some cases, a couple hundred thousand dollars is destroying the sport. But it's totally fine and good and healthy that Jimbo Fisher is going to get $70 million to not coach anymore. And we're talking about the players getting money, being unhealthy, whatever. We don't need to go down that road today. But, um, yeah, it certainly sounds like as the wheels uh, will fall off, uh, they're going to give him, um, at least if you believe Bruce Feldman, uh, they're going to give him that kind of money. I don't think that they build that stadium and, and pay for those rosters to to let that sit. But, man, $76 million is so – it is so, 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 so much money. And it's um, – I can't fathom it. I really can't. And their list is going to be really good, I would suspect. I mean, when you can buy the rosters that they buy, uh, when you can pay what they pay, when you're in the state that you're in, when you have the facilities that they do, it's going to be a highly coveted job. I mean, if I'm Lance Leopold, my agent is working really hard uh, on that job, but it's not just going to be Leopold. I mean – um, they they are are going to have a really strong candidate list uh, there at Texas A and M um, because of all the things I just mentioned. So um, that's why you don't give coaches multi year contract extensions and raises of two and a half, uh, one and a half million dollars a year in August before a season. That, that, that's that's Ross Bjork. Why you don't do things like that? Because this decision would be a little bit easier for you. I wouldn't want him hiring my next head coach, but. Yeah, that's that's just me. Uh, Joe Milton also sucks. Yeah, uh, hadn't really improved uh, at all. Tennessee dead last in the conference in explosive passes. He's just never been accurate. Uh, the late Mike Leach used to say, uh, you can improve a lot of things uh, about a quarterback. You can improve technique and footwork and pocket awareness and leadership and arm strength. He said, but there are guys that can just pick up a ball and hit a stop sign with it, uh, you know, and, and there are guys that can't. And that's something that, you can try to correct, but ultimately you're either accurate or you're not. And and that's Joe Milton. I mean, it's when you have a quarterback that is so behind on accuracy, one offseason is not going to just cure that. And and I think that, um, you know, his issues were that as opposed to experience or or something like that. That's why, you know, when I've talked about, you know, Jackson Dart, um, his issues were not, to me, lacking ability. It, it was the other stuff. Joe Milton's got the, the strongest arm in the world. I mean, he does. We couldn't throw it accurately. And you can't just, boom, become an accurate passer. When you're not accurate in high school, you're not accurate in college, you're not accurate in the NFL. It, it's how it is. Josh Allen is an exception to that rule, but even, even his college stats are a little bit uh, negatively, negatively skewed. Um, kind of masking how how good he was in college too. Olmus hasn't beaten Auburn in back to back years since fifty fifty one. You believe? See that and that kind of stuff. And I understand that truly. Ed, I do, and and it's noteworthy and valid. I just uh, the the history thing just does not resonate with me whatsoever. I mean, how many players on on Olmus's team right now played at Jordan Hare two years ago? How, how many Ole Miss players on, on this team played at Jordan-Hare two years ago? So I just, especially in this era, I, I just, I don't, I really don't put anything into the history of um, 
of games like this. I, I really just kind of look at it as what is it like right now? What are the teams right now? What are the advantages and disadvantages right now of, of these versions of these teams? Because the 2021 Ole Miss football team had everything different than the, the 2023 Ole Miss team. I mean, quarterbacks different, running backs different. Wide receivers are, are all different. Tight ends different. Most of the offensive line is different. Um, most of the defensive line is different. The linebackers are different. The defensive backs are mostly different. The safety, I mean, the the coaching's different. I mean, it's all different. It's it's totally different. So um, I get it, and people are going to talk about it, but still, Auburn could not pass on LSU secondary. I think Ole Miss's secondary is probably better than LSU's. Um, hmm, are they better? They're coached better. I don't know if athletically they're better. Um, yeah, no, no, I mean, that's that's the thing, man, is when you look at this Auburn team objectively, as long as, as it the game doesn't get weird and almost doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, there's nothing about what you've seen so far that, that tells you that they should lose this game unless they lose it themselves. If Dart turns the ball over, if there's coverage busts, stuff like that. But, yes, that – uh, and Auburn really struggles throwing the football consistently. I don't think um, that you really have to to go after them either. That's the thing. You don't have to send a bunch of blitzers and stuff. You can stack the box to stop the run, but you don't have to send additional guys on on obvious passing downs because they just they can't execute. Uh, so I, I think you can play close to the line of scrimmage, but you're not going to have to like bring five, six, and guys and get pressure. You just uh, let them screw it up because they will. And at least that's what it appears. Uh, at least that's what the case appears to be anyway. Jane Daniels is your number two in the Heisman right now behind Penix. Guy continues to be elite. He's special, man. I'm I'm so glad the country got to see him. I'm so and and that's what bothered me. And you heard me talk about this before, but that's what bothered me about the Colorado stuff is how everybody, all the all the the thirty thousand foot view media just gravitated towards Colorado and and Shador Sanders and and how Shador is is. The, the number two quarterback or the number three quarterback and and he should win the Heisman and all this stuff because he had a couple of good early games and in his same conference in his same conference is a guy that's done it longer and better and they just ignored it they just they hopped right over Michael Penix to go to to prime time and, and not look at this highly productive experienced and really like savvy and and the way he handled himself last year and said so, like my, Michael Penix is so likable. He is so extremely likable in the same freaking conference, and they just jumped right over him to go to the flash and the watch thing and all that. When when Michael Penix has just been, man, he's just about it. I love that. I love that guy, and I loved what he had to say after the game. I loved what Bo Nix had to say after the game too, for what worth. But uh, Michael Penix is about it, man, and he is he's somebody that can play for my team any day. And and I'm so glad the country got to see that. Hey, in the Pac-12. Uh, there's more quarterbacks besides Caleb Williams and Shadur Sanders. Uh, that that Michael Penix is a guy that that everybody should have been talking about the whole time. And I'm glad that we finally get to to pay attention to this guy all the way up in Seattle um, because he should be your Heisman front runner. He should be getting all the hype in college football right now. He should be talked about on first take, and he should be blasted everywhere. He's not, and he won't be, but he should be because right now he's the best quarterback in college football, and that. Uh, by default, is uh, is the Heisman winner. This is kind of how the award works. But still, um, yeah, I was happy to see that man. He, he's awesome, and and DeBoer's a really good coach and putting him in the right spots. But he's awesome. 
Ole Miss should win by 21, but crazy things happen there. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying they're going to go in there and blow them out. I, I, I'm not. Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, Auburn is pretty good up front defensively. Um, it's going to be tough. But one team is better than the other, and so all they have to do is play to their capabilities. If they do, they will win. They're, if Ole Miss plays clean football, if they play clean football, they will win the game. I don't think I don't think Auburn can go a game on a game and beat Ole Miss. I guess that's what I'm saying. If Ole Miss plays their a game, they will win. If Ole Miss plays their a game and Auburn plays their a game, Ole Miss will still win. Uh, they are a better team. So all all they have to do is kind of just control themselves and and play fundamentally sound and smart football, and they will win. Missed our chance at knocking off Bama yesterday. I know you said that you don't think the team will keep playing for Stan, but I don't believe it. I believe we can win a few more games starting this weekend against State. Go Hawks. Yeah, I was impressed, uh, especially, what was it, 20-6? to six, Alabama had that uh, uh, touchdown kind of right before the half, and, and I felt like from there the game was just going to just get out of hand and unravel quickly on uh, on Arkansas, and it didn't. They haven't quit on him yet, and uh, if you're a State fan, that is not a good sign uh, because they have not quit on uh, on Sam Pittman yet. And um, you know, apparently they expect like a really nice crowd on uh, on Saturday as well uh, for whatever that's worth. Uh, maybe they won't, but they they expect it. And um, yeah, they haven't quit on him yet. That uh, that was an impressive job. You could probably argue that that they should have won that game. So they're still in it. They are still in it. You think of how Georgia struggled a few weeks ago at Auburn. It's just different at Jordan Hare. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia also struggled early against Vanderbilt and UT Martin. And, you know, Georgia's not perfect. But your, your point is certainly valid. No no doubt about it. They also shot themselves. Georgia shot themselves in the foot in that game early. Georgia made mistakes early. And that kept Auburn in the football game. Is something concrete said about Jordan Watkins' injury? No. No, it's all... I mean, I'm I'm fairly confident that I'm very confident that everybody's right that it is a a hand injury. You know, there's there's word that it may not be as bad as like uh, it, it may not be as bad as intimated by some. I mean, that that's so I, I hate doing stuff like that because God knows. I, I mean, what am I even saying? Like like what am I even saying to you? It may not be as bad as some people have said. Well, what does that even mean, Michael? Uh, but. No, I've I have heard that it may not be like worst case scenario. That that it's you know, it's still not great and, and don't expect to see him this weekend, but I have heard that it 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 may not be worst case scenario. But that's like third hand information because nothing comes out of that program and um sometimes it does, but no. KJ was a beast throwing that Bama player off of him. Yeah, man, he he's big and tough. It, it's a shame that that his his line doesn't protect him well enough. Also not a big believer in Alabama. Still not a big believer in Alabama. Me either. Are you crazy for thinking LSU is still winning the West? I think you are a little crazy, uh, but they certainly can. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. That, that I think it, you know, just writing Alabama off as winning the rest of their games, I'm not so sure. I think we saw on Saturday that, yeah, they're still really freaking good because it's Alabama and they've got all those players, and, and that certainly helps. But um, – they're not like 
that they are still not like what we're used to. They're still not like what they used to. You watch all those Ole Miss games at Jordan-Hare and you still don't subscribe to the Scars thing. I think we uh, can win or will win every game no matter what. I hear you. And on, to, and on Arkansas, as long as they don't quit, I think they should beat Mississippi State. I do uh, agree. I do. If, if Arkansas has not given up on Pittman, if they are locked in for this game, I do think that they will beat Mississippi State. And then things are going to start getting things are going to start getting tough around here. Alabama might lose too. They could. They they're not going to. They could lose to Tennessee. Certainly could lose to LSU. Seems like Alabama got the benefit of some late calls to escape Arkansas. No way. What? No. The missed face mask and the hold at the end were both uh, that both went the tides way. Yeah. No way. That doesn't happen. Are you kidding? No way. I don't believe you. Uh, Bama has been playing with fire a lot this year. Sooner or later, they're going to get burned. Absolutely. When is Mississippi going to legalize sports betting outside? Possibly never. Uh, Possibly never. Um, There has been some talk about allowing uh, geofenced sports betting within the state of Mississippi through a brick-and-mortar casino. So, like, FanDuel couldn't exist here or, or DraftKings couldn't exist here, but you could go to Pearl River Resort, sign up, and use their app anywhere in the state, and then you'd have to go back to collect your winnings. Um, something like that. Uh, I, I think I think I could be wrong. I think the casinos do want that uh, to require a brick-and-mortar, a, a, a casino property in the state to allow that to happen. But as you know, things move very slowly around here. So... So many storylines this week with Ole Miss Auburn. Yeah, and if I were Lane Kiffin, I would ignore every single one. I would not engage. And and here's where, you know, if I were advising him, which I'm not, if he were to care about what I think, which he doesn't, I would tell him, don't engage. If you're asked about it, just say, you know, I'm I'm here at Ole Miss. I made the decision to stay at Ole Miss. I'm focused on this game with this team. That's it. Don't engage. Don't talk about Hugh Freeze. Don't talk about the job. Don't talk about what happened last year. Don't engage. If Freeze wants to do stuff and get emotional and all that, let him and don't engage. I would not make this game anything other than the game. I wouldn't do it. I would just make this game about the game and not about Hugh Freeze and not about Auburn and almost taking the the job and then not taking the job and all that stuff. I, I wouldn't do any of that. I would just simply say, I'm focused on this game with my team. That, that's it. I wouldn't engage at all. I wouldn't tweet nothing. Treat it just like LSU. Seems like Georgia's just sleepwalking a lot and then turning it on whenever they feel like. Didn't take that much from the Vandy game other than the Bowers injury. That's the only thing that uh, that you should take away uh, from that game is simply the Brock Bowers injury and, and how um, how long that will be. I haven't seen word yet. Maybe you have. I have not seen um, I have not seen that yet. So, uh, but yeah, that's the only thing to take away. I, I mean, you know, they they slept walk and it's fine. I mean, it, there was 17,000 people there yesterday, you know, and it was like kind of cold and 11 o'clock kickoff and all that. Yeah. Dan Landing also lost to Washington last year going for a fourth down in, in his own territory. 
I saw um, uh, Peter Burns draw the comparison between Landing and uh, and Kirby Smart, where Kirby Smart had some questionable game management decisions early in his career, and then obviously learned in being what he is. And can Dan Landing become the guy? I think so. I think he can. But I thought that was really good from uh, from Peter uh, to draw those parallels between Kirby. And, uh, and Dan Lanning, because he's absolutely right. There were questionable decisions from Kirby early uh, in his tenure at Georgia. And then in year two, you know, he got to the championship, but still kind of wasn't like a finished product, right? And now look at him. Now he's managing games masterfully. So can Lanning be that guy? I thought that was really good from uh, from Peter. From Peter. Kiffin's pretty good at times in close games. Yeah, yeah his, especially in games like this, uh, he's been absent Alabama. So take Alabama away, but... Highly emotional game in Knoxville a couple years ago, and um, you know he didn't do anything, but they they coached and they played well and they won. So Colorado dot 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 damn yeah no kidding no kidding that was uh, horrid, absolutely horrid. So again, at least now we can actually start paying attention to guys like Michael Penix. At least now that. The, the the media that has been flying from 30,000 feet and just kind of dabbing in this um, can now go away and we can enjoy people like Michael Penix now because he, deser- he deserves everything that Colorado got. So Missouri is quietly hosting, uh, quietly six and one hosting South Carolina. Oh, how about, how about Shane Beamer throwing his players under the bus after the game? If you guys haven't seen that audio, uh, go, go seek that out. Oh, it was bad. And I like Shane Beamer. He's too emotional. I was talking about this after their uh oh, what loss was it? I can't God, I can't remember. But I remember bringing it up on the show a few weeks ago that that he is too emotional. And and co- and playing with emotion is great and coaching with emotion is is great if you can harness it. Nick Saban shows emotion on the sidelines. I mean, you saw the way he acted yesterday. But what Nick Saban does is he harnesses, and it, he doesn't allow that to affect his decision-making. Shane Beamer, I think, is too emotional. I don't think he can handle the pressure. It doesn't look like it. He, I mean, he stepped through his players completely under the bus yesterday, and, and not in the way that I was recommending Zach Arnett talk about an interception where, hey, look, you know, we, we, I think we made the right decision there, and you know, we made a mistake, and you know, he'll learn from it, he'll work hard, and, and we'll get back at it. You know, That's fine. Watch Shane Beamer just under the bus, under the bus, under the bus. Really bad stuff. So, yeah, and they could definitely sneak to 10 wins if they beat Tennessee at home uh, as well. Missouri's good. Eli's good. And and he was, you know, there's a challenge, rightfully so. He had a losing record going into the season. He's, He's figured it out. The best job in the world is uh, being a recently fired college football coach, no doubt. Colorado was the biggest loser of the weekend. The Dion honeymoon should be over now. There's a chance they don't make a bowl game, which he's already turned, uh, already done a really nice job there, turning the roster over and, and bringing so much attention to Colorado. But yeah, there's a chance they're not making a bowl game now. With how quickly Washington scored, a longer field most likely doesn't change anything. It wasn't as much the fourth down at midfield, but the two ones inside the red zone when they didn't have to score a touchdown. Right before the half as well, really, really bad decision there to, to not go into the half without points. Very bad decision. 
you do not think, believe, or worry it'll come down to him, but would Texas A put Lane Kiffin at the top half of the list, or would he be a guy to go after after a couple of no's? I, I don't I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I don't foresee Texas AM going after Lane Kiffin considering the the uh, volume of mocking that he has done at the expense over the last few years. Um, and I think that would be a horrible, horrible, horrible fit. Um, so maybe they do, Clem, do believe that he would be on their first group of, of names. No, I think that he has, um, he has trolled that bridge down. So. Louisville is also frauds. They caught Notre Dame at the best possible time. Does Auburn match up better against Ole Miss than LSU? That's a really good question. Do they match up better against Ole Miss than LSU? I don't think so. I don't think so. It, it depends on what Ole Miss can do without Jordan Watkins. That, that's the key is, is what are they going to do without Jordan Watkins? LSU looked up and ran right at Auburn. And I think Ole Miss is going to be capable of, of doing that as well. Um, Hmm. That's a that's that's something. I, I my initial answer is no, but Walker, I'm going to think on that and, and see if I can't, you know, formulate a better opinion than the one I just gave you uh, this week. That's actually a really good discussion topic for the radio show as well. I'm going to steal that because uh, that's really good. So thank you. The only one to come to mind is JJ Pegues is the only one who played in Jordan Hare at the Ole Miss game two years ago. And he was on Auburn's team. Exactly. Imagine if Jane Daniels was wearing crimson and white. I don't want to. I mean, he's at LSU, the land of Joe Burrow and stuff like that. I, I think that the reason why he's not getting more hype is because they've lost two games. Do I think Colorado's players will soon give up after a couple more losses? That's something to keep an eye on. You know, people are making fun of the Colorado message board for uh, um, talking about how uh, Dion and the team has essentially. You know, they, they haven't bought into Colorado uh, much where they like none of the little traditions and things like that. They do like it's all about individual and, and not about institution. And look, the new era of college football with player movement and stuff, that's kind of that's kind of part of it now. But I do think that the people were making fun of those guys, uh, I think, are a little off base when you're not bought into a higher power, if you will, when you're only bought into an individual, then what are you playing for? Uh, that is that is something that, you know, Lane Kiffin has openly talked about, that, you know, if adversity hits, are, are these piece-together rosters able to handle it emotionally? Are they bought in to the point where they can survive stuff like that? Uh, I, I think that Colorado fans were made fun of, and they shouldn't have been, because that's a valid question. When it's a team full of guys that are not bought into the institution whatsoever, are they going to quit? Because who are they playing for? It's it's a fair question, I think. Tulane is finally ranked again, handled their business against Memphis on their path to another NY6 Bowl. Yeah, them and an Air Force, uh, they're going to have to hope Air Force loses, I guess. But yeah, they've got another 11 wins uh, coming. Will we see more Aiden Williams or Zachary Franklin to fill Watkins' spot? What I think is going to happen, and I could be way off base, I think that it will be Dayton Wade in in the Watkins role and then Franklin and Williams in the Wade role maybe. I don't know. I it, You're going to see more involvement of Dayton Wade in the offense, I guess, would be 
where I would go with that. Also, I think that you might see more priest corn uh, than than you would expect to continue to continue to use the middle of the field. Although he and Watkins are totally different players, obviously. But LSU and Tulane keep winning; it makes Ole Miss look better. Absolutely, they may be better off going eleven and one and not winning a division. Unlikely, I know. I agree with you. Actually, I think you'd rather be eleven and one and not have to play Georgia twice and let everybody else beat each other up. LSU plays Army, Georgia State, Florida, A&M, and Alabama. It's between them. That's it, between them and Atlanta? Yeah, absolutely. They lose to LSU, and the reason I say that is LSU's offense is so much better than Alabama's offense. I agree. The bad LSU defense won't be as affected as it is against Ole Miss, for example. I agree. Heard it's an ankle sprain for Bowers. He'll be back to 150% when Ole Miss comes to town. You know, Ole Miss still plays uh, a couple of games after Auburn, but it feels like Auburn is the only significant challenge that stands in the way of a 10-win New Year's Six Bowl berth. I agree with that as well. Beamer might even be on a hot seat. Not this year, but uh, next year he will be if it goes the way if it goes the way that it looks like it's going to go. Yeah, it, he, he will be next year. Most important weekend coming up for both Mississippi teams left in the season? Absolutely. Absolutely. How long is Watkins out? Uh, honestly, I don't know, and nobody knows. Possibly a couple weeks. So, who knows? Wonder what Chris Marshall's not smart self is doing. Sure could have used him. Yeah, he. It's a shame. Uh, you just you hope he figures it out one day because his immense talent um, isn't. He's he's an NFL talent, a first round pick talent. You you just you hope he figures it out because it's a shame to see that and, and what it is so love that swifty humor me and hey dad had last week we had so much fun we had we had so much fun talking about if taylor's uh army of fans could take over the country of canada i mean that was just a blast we had so much fun last week i, I really actually uh enjoyed it so um so yeah Anyway, going to be an interesting week. Freeze looks miserable on the sidelines. He does. Also, I think I saw him do a cuss last night. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, that quarterback play would make anybody miserable, I, I assume, because uh, yikes. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week, man. It's um, it's going to be a lot of rehashing of a lot of things, and uh, honestly, I'm not looking forward to the discussions. <laughs> but we got to have them because uh, it is Hugh Freeze versus Ole Miss week. So anyway, I got to run. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you joining uh, early today. Sorry, something that has just come up tonight that I have uh, that, that I've got to do. But I wanted to do a live stream because I love these and uh, I appreciate you guys. So like the video, all that. I will see you. Let's see. So today's Sunday. I will see you Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Tuesday night. I'll see you then. And, uh, and y'all have a good rest of your Sunday and see you soon. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.